0: Okay, good evening, everyone, It's on Miller, and we are here with this week's episode of Kuden, episode 143, for those of you keeping track. Um, so quick question. And this is actually based on uh, an exchange I had with a student. Uh, I think it was probably after last week's. Maybe. Anyway, all these classes just bleed together. Anyway, so here's a question, right? Have you ever spoken truth, or were required to, or let's just say, well, let's make it safe, right? You're in class, and you're supposed to be working on some kind of defensive response or whatever, and you get this really, really weird, visceral feeling, right? I mean, you could feel it, right? That it's just off. It just makes you feel really weird, really strange, right? So we're going to talk about that more as soon as we come back. So, the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens, worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio. Real training for real people in a real world. Real training for real people in a real world. Anyway, uh, I promised myself that I would do this because I'm getting more and more contacts. I uh, just had another uh, contact from somebody who's uh, going to be testing for fifth on something like that uh, really, really soon uh, from Miami and uh, just bumped into one of our whiteboard Wednesdays uh, this past week on the uh, Metsbushi and um, wanted more information. So, I should probably make sure that this stuff ends up on it. If not for you guys, most of you already know how to find us because you're loyal listeners and or followers. And, uh, but it's for the folks that kind of bump into us and aren't sure, right? So, um, how, how, how should we do it as a commercial? Uh, this podcast brought to you by online ninja <laughs> Anyway, right. So, um, uh, we're going to be talking about some, some, uh, some mind stuff and processing and some really deep Deep, deep, deep level stuff that is going to have to be faced if we're going to overcome a good bit of the limitations that actually hold us back from moving forward, right? Um, everybody thinks it's just a matter of like, uh, you know, well, I have to stop to learn the skills, right? If I just learn the rolling and the kamai and the, and the kata and all that. Yeah. But what about the things that distract you from practicing? What about the things that keep you from going to class? What about the things that keep you wanting to train in Ninja but you can't quite pick up, the call, pick up the phone or send out an email to an instructor or whatever, right? Those kind of things, because every time you go to do it, you get this really weird freaking feeling that just comes over you, and that may translate to thoughts, and it might not, right? But either way, it knocks you off track, OK, so uh, we've got this one. Well, we've got a couple of programs, right? We've got one called the uh, First Seven Steps on the Path of a Buddha. For those of you that are interested, Mikyo and, and those kind of things, this is kind of a, uh, a prerequisite course. Right. Because if you just jump into Mikyo, it's just going to look all woo woo and, and that kind of stuff. Right. And we don't want that to happen because it's it's not that that's not the point of it. Right. It's not a faith based or or whatever um, philosophy, religion, whatever. Right. It's psychology. Um, but there's also this other one that we have called ninja Mind, right uh It actually started out as a ten week james ten week program, something like that right so a ten week program and uh it takes you through these these fundamental kind of uh things right that um helps you to understand uh or to at least look at areas that you might have otherwise not right. So anyway, um, let me tell you this little story. I was having a conversation with one of my guys, uh, Lee, uh, last week, and I think I, I, I think I posted something, right? It was a, it was a, a meme or some kind of post on Facebook that was um, kind of like a little challenge. It didn't go very far, right? As is typical of most people on social media, right? It's just really, really friggin' easy to just click the like button, right? If you hold it long enough. They might give it the extra second or three to find the right little emoji that's the surprise guy or the angry guy or the laughing guy or whatever. But it's just easier to do that than to type out an answer, right, to to actually give things some thought before you go back to mindlessly scrolling, right? And that mindlessly scrolling, right, there could be something behind that because the whole time we're doing it, What are we not doing? We're not working on our goals. We're not training. We're not um, whatever. We're not doing what we should be doing, right? Next thing you know, there's hours and hours and hours that go by. Um, You know, and if you've ever wanted to know how much time you could free up, right, to do the things you say you don't have the time to do, go into your phone or go into your device And look up the hours you were on it because it tallies them, keeps track of all the hours that you were on and for any given app all week long. Okay. Look at that. Look at what you were, you were doing and then come back with the same response. And you don't have to tell me, right? This is something you're going to have to confront for yourself, right? How much time did you really have? How much time did you? Where did the energy go? Where did the where did the activity go? Where did the attention go? Okay? Because that which gets tracked or that which gets attention gets done. Right? Um had a little moment of frustration myself today because had my to-do list, the morning's cooking well, and all of a sudden I jump on to our uh email uh service. Um, not Gmail or anything like that, right? It's the one that gets messages out to people and stuff like that on our, our mailing list, right? And I wanted to send a follow-up email to something I sent yesterday for this book that I'm giving away for free this week, right? And so um, next thing I know, I'm running into a problem because there's this warning, right? Not warning for us, but uh, it, the service was down. Backend was fine, but the front end where I needed to get work was down because apparently some hacker unleashed a bot that was just inundating the service. So they disconnected all the login stuff so that the whole system wouldn't crash. Right. So they were working on that. So there were three projects I couldn't get done that were to move forward, give more value to students, all that kind of stuff. Right. So frustration, one, two, three. Right. And just these little things that were going on, a little bit of uh, lag and, and whatnot with the technology, with the computer, uh, we need to seriously upgrade our uh, Internet service at the dojo. Just things, right? Cause some major frustration. Uh, but does that mean that I then saw that as freed up time to go back to doing practically nothing? No. I just had to look around the other things that needed to get done and decide what can I do? Right. So just because I couldn't type up the email in the email service. Right. I could pull up my word processor and work it out that way. I could move something that I was going to do tomorrow to today. That kind of thing. Right. Because the stuff today needs to get done tomorrow. And if I don't do if I don't fill my time today, if I don't reallocate things, what ends up happening is tomorrow. I'll be frustrated because I couldn't get everything done because today's stuff got added to tomorrow. And see, there's only so many times, only so many hours in the day. Right. So anyway, so I had this conversation, um, with Lee based on this thing that I posted, right? And it's a clarity thing, right? So the question that I posted that only a couple of people actually, you know, um, engaged with, right? Apparently my wife is not keeping the dog quiet anyway. Right. So, um, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> Knock me off track. OK, so um, what I posted was, OK, let's play a little game. Right. You ready? The question is, what lie do you tell yourself that you really wish were true? Huh? And so I started it. Right. What I started with was um, I have overcome all of the uh mindset limitations from my family line that I inherited growing up listening to adults talk, right? Shoot themselves in the foot, all those kind of things, right? So that was mine, right? And a couple of other people posted and whatnot. And then, you know, this other one pops up, right? Um I don't know, I can't remember exactly uh which one it was, but uh, you know, I'm trying the best I can, or I'm doing my best, or you know, whatever, right? And um, what followed the comment was, that felt felt really weird to say, right? And I understand, right? Because, and again, I'm going to be speaking in layman's terms, so don't be looking for like a PhD certificate on my wall or anything like that, right? These are things from teachers, uh, my Mikio teachers, my NIMPO teachers, all that stuff, right? So... There's this, there's this little mechanism, right? We'll call it ego for no, for lack of any better terminology so that you don't have to be a psychiatrist, neuroscientist or anything like that, right? So we understand ego, right? For most people, ego is this thing that everybody points to when we're being self-centered or, uh, you know, we're being pompous or, you know, whatever, right? Egocentric, right? Man, it's all about you, Okay. But that section, right, um, the uh, manas vijnana is what it's called in, in Sanskrit, right? There's a section that allows us to discern me here from whatever these other things are out there, okay? It also differentiates a bunch of other things, right? There's we We could go really deep into this rabbit hole as to how this causes problems, right? But... One of the positive things that this mechanism, right, or related mechanisms do, is it prevent it. It protects us from trauma. Okay, so let's say that at some point we were attacked or assaulted, or we had uh, a major a major event, right? Uh, for some folks, right, it could be a heart attack. Uh, for women, it could be all the pain and whatnot uh, from childbirth. And those kind of things, right? Well, what science shows us is that within nine months to a year, right, we have forgotten the trauma. Not forgot the memory like I went through it, right, but we forget the trauma. We're not affected by it as much because if we had the same, if we didn't have the protective mechanism, what would happen is our uh, adrenals would kick in again, right? And so uh, this is this is a problem with folks that like to keep reliving and keep bringing up trauma and they keep holding that out as a crutch, right? This is why I can't. And they keep telling the stories and they keep reliving it and that kind of thing, right? Um, it just keeps the adrenals kicking in in this fight, flight, or um, uh, freeze mechanism, right? And so, um, you, you know, you can't be on that burning yourself out with this, but there's this protective kind of thing, right? It's why most of us can't remember anything prior to the age of five, six, okay? And if you do, they're tiny little snippets of things, right? Because during those formidable years, especially, you know, up until we were like running and climbing and all that kind of stuff, right, we did a fair amount of experiencing pain Right, baby screaming and whatnot. It's disoriented. It can't communicate. Uh, there's the pain of, you know, poo. There's the pain of hunger. There's all this stuff, right? We did our fair amount of bumping into the world, hard, falling down, trying to learn how to walk and all that, right? So again, I have weird hobbies, right? So I've, I've, I've read up on this stuff and I've, I've, you know, seen the literature, but what we end up doing is, it's there's this, there's this way of protecting ourselves from that okay uh, if we were in a bad situation right um, and and here's where the crux starts to happen where we can take control of it and we do right accidentally on purpose whatever right so if we tell ourselves I don't ever want to see that I, I don't I don't want to live that again I don't want ever have to think about that again right I don't want to say those words I don't want to do that thing. Whatever. Okay. Whenever those things tend to start to come up, the mechanism kicks in, and we won't look at it. We won't listen. We'll we'll wander away. Right. Um, we'll engage in escapism, whatever it is, because we're protecting ourselves from that trauma. The problem comes in when we're trying to understand truth. We're trying to understand ourselves. We're trying to overcome limitations. We're trying to become warriors who, maybe we're not desensitized to trauma, but we can operate efficiently and effectively in the face of it, right? So continuing to, to stay away from things and to hide from things, right, it just, it, it prolongs the problem, right? But Part of this part of this mechanism, right, when it kicks in, it can do everything from causing this visceral, like almost a fear, almost, a you know, an anxiety. Um, It's like a salesman, right, that they're sitting outside the office of the vice president. Uh, They're going to they have to go in and talk to the person. Right. And they're just shaking in their shoes. Right. They're trying to keep it all in. They're trying to hide it. But there's this visceral, an actual physical feeling, right? Got to pick up that phone and make that phone call, right, to tell the bill creditor or the creditor or the bill collector, whatever. Look, you know, um, I can only give you this much this month. I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, do whatever. What's what's the payment plan? Whatever, right? So what people tend to do, well, a lot of us know what, what people tend to do, right, because I've done it in my past. Um had to learn to get over it, right? Uh, but a lot of people do it. They just don't answer the phone. They just don't make the call, right? So it's a way to protect ourselves from it, but what's really happening? Well, we're just creating a bigger problem for ourselves later because they don't know what the issue is and how we can work it out or whatever, right? So what we're doing is we're avoiding this this hardship, right? A big reason, a big part of it, and again, you have to play with this on your own, right? But a big part of it for certain personality types is we can walk around all the time talking shit. We've got our bullshit story, right? We talk like we're in absolute control of our lives and we're in judgment of everybody else. Meanwhile, Our finances are crap. Our relationship is crap. Our job status is crap. Whatever, right? But ego can't be wrong. Okay? So there's this buffer, right? How do we deal with the world, right? Because otherwise we'd be, what, you know, a depressed, sniveling maniac or whatever, right? And some people are. But the more we work through it, the better things get. So, uh, but anyway, everything from this visceral feeling. Let me get a quick drink here because I've been teaching for a while. Keep the keep the the pipes moist. Anyway, all the way to actually creating distractions. And this is something I had to explore when I was working with um, my primary mikio teacher and the mikio teacher that got me to a point where I could work with some of these big guys. Um, and the whole idea was, it was in looking at this protective mechanism, right? Um, we we tell ourselves we need to do certain things, right? We've got a to-do list. We've got whatever uh, needs to be done, right? And then we find that, oh crap, I've been playing this game or I've been texting or I've been scrolling or whatever, right? And shit, it's been a half an hour. It's been three hours. It's been whatever, right? What caused that, right? What co- I mean, you know, there's, there, it still happens to me, right? I'll get up to a certain point, getting ready to do something, and then I'll have this thought, shit, haven't checked email in a while, I need to check email, see if, see if a message came in, right? Which is why on my time management thing, I put a thing in place so that I check email at these points, right? So they're already scheduled out, right? If something comes in, well. If it's urgent, they should probably pick up the friggin' phone. If it's not, and they're sending an email, then my assumption is I can answer it when I when I get to it. Right? Now I try to answer everybody's email within 24 to 48 hours, 72 if it's a weekend or a holiday, but right, so but there's this there's this sudden, you know, oh maybe I should check on that. Or and I have to rein that in, right? And I have to recognize, look, this needs to be done. Okay. This needs to happen, right? Tonight, another parent called about, uh, two of their kids. Uh, there were some other calls that I had to make that, um, you know, here it is. I just finished with classes. It's six o'clock. Uh, actually by the time I get everybody out, it was what, six thirty, right? Need to get home to my home office, get all this, get this whole setup, uh, put in place and think about how I'm going to cover the topic. Right? And but these calls aren't gonna make themselves. And tomorrow is a Tuesday. My Tuesdays are always really, really busy. So calls had to be made. Does that mean I'm gonna be pushing against the time as to when I get in place and get everything set up? And I'm gonna I might be signing in just under the wire. Yeah, might be. Right. Because uh, I'm not in a position at the moment where I have anything more than some volunteer staff. And I don't have anyone to do, to replace that part of me that does those things. So it needs to be done, right? Otherwise, I if I wait too long, right, that parent will either call another school, and in all honesty, I'd rather have them you know, put their kids in our program, not because I think our program is better, I do. But it's not about that. It's about I have to make the phone call to see if this is even a fit, right? Between us. Because otherwise they're going to call somebody else who may use car salesmen pitch them into into getting in the program. Um or life is going to get in the way and it could be weeks, months or years before they remember, oh, crap, I was going to do that, and I should get involved, right? So I don't want to let too much time go, right, because I, I don't know anything about this person. Now, luckily, they had bumped into us last year during a fair and got this little thing that we had. We were running a special on a six-week program and whatever, right? So they still had that. Great, okay? But if it was just a cold call on a whim or they had calls into to three other schools – Right. The longer I wait, just like returning emails to people that contact us uh, about programs and stuff. Right. So got to do what I got to do. Right. So um, anyway, so um, we'll talk more about this, this protective kind of thing that goes on. But what I really want to do before we do that is take a look at this process. Right. And again, this is a, this is an ancient Asian way of looking at the mental process of how things come in and what happens before the system creates action. Okay. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's not, we're not going to be using neurological terms. We're not going to be using, uh, psychobabble and all that kind of stuff, right? we going to take a look at something from our mikyo side of things and take a look at how this works. And it happens with absolutely everything that we encounter. But I want to look at it from the perspective of the limitations, right? And then we'll come back to this visceral response, good and bad, right? Because in the context that I was talking to, the, to Lee about this, it was for positive forward movement, Right? But for most of us, we don't recognize it until we're faced with having to do something we don't like. Right. Or we don't want to look at. We don't want to hear. We don't whatever. Right. So anyway, so um, let's do this. Uh, James, any any questions or comments or anything like that? Uh, who do we have on? I, I saw that the numbers went all the way up to 11, but um, I'm I'm assuming that most of the people didn't see a dancing monkey doing uh, martial arts. So um, anyway, so what do we got? Questions, comments?
1: Uh, Lee said, when you start with an example, it helps me because sometimes my mind gets too flooded with ideas. So thank you.
0: What idea? Oh, no, <laughs> it's okay. Fair enough. All right. So uh, mine too. Mine too. I, my problem, Uh, that I've had to work with for a long time is I really do believe now I've learned to function well, left brain and right brain, but I actually started out being a right brain person stuck in a left brain world. And what that means is that when I process things, right? So if you think of left brain, right brain, right? Left brain processing. And a lot of you probably already know this, but left brain processing, right? You can only hold like seven or eight bits of information in your head, at one time. Okay. So what ends up happening is if something new comes in that bumps things, right? So whatever's top of mind gets most of the stuff, right? But you got all the stuff and that's at best, right? A lot of people can't even do that many, right? But what ends up happening is it just like knocks the last one off, right? It goes into kind of a storage thing or you just flat out forget it. If it wasn't significant, significant enough, right? Right. So it's very step one, step two, step three, step four, that kind of thing, right? Which is why kata training is so popular, right? Um, But on the other side, right, the abstract side, it's very much more like a spider web or like a woven net or whatever. So there's depth, there's breadth, there's interconnections and things like that, right? Um, It's where dreams start before the left brain has to make sense out of it, then you wake up going, where the hell did that come from, right? Um, I'm very much that right brain person, so when I get a problem or I'm trying to work on something, James knows. I mean, I have to constantly rein myself in because the question is, um, which one do, like if we're trying to pick a program to promote this week or to talk about or an, uh, an email or a subject that I'm going to work on, right? Um, My brain will literally get flooded with like so many different places in so many different ways. And what do I say? I just need to pick one. Right. Because they'll all lead around, but I need to pick one. And then some days it's a constant battle to keep myself on that one single thread because I'm so tied in with the dynamic nature of life and the world. And all those kind of things that any one of those little connections, if you imagine like a, like a fishing net or whatever, right? So at every junction between a cross uh, strand and a vertical strand, right? There's a knot holding that thing together, right? At every junction, what do you have, right? If I'm coming in this way and I hit a junction coming in and I've got what? I can keep going straight or I've got, I got way more than a Y in the road. Okay. And so every one of those, because they're connected to other things that ultimately 80 to 90% of all these things are all related to any given thing. I'm constantly trying to keep myself on track because of the nature of these things, which is why I tend to not script Kuden. Because I want these things to free flow. So, you know, then you can ask questions for clarity or whatever, because I'm just, I'm putting this stuff out there. Because if I just did kind of a left brain Western academic lesson plan, right, it would, it would feel stale. And it would also not allow you to see or experience the connections, right, and the way things can kind of play off of each other, Right. It's just like life. It's just like our tattoo, right? It's just like combat, Okay. Right? Um, I just picked the theme for spring camp, um, shameless plug, which is scheduled for May 5th, 6th, and 7th. Um, we're looking at uh, different realms of power. And so uh, we're going to be looking at using many different things in a self-defense situation, um, all kinds of things, right? I'll, I'll, Bring up, or maybe I'll have James go to the events page and just take a look at that, and we can read off the topics because I didn't, I didn't prepare to bring that thing here. But anyway, so there's this, there's this constant reigning in of things, right? Um, it kind of calls back to to an old uh, saying, right? Uh, a man has to know his limitations, right? Girls, you too, right? Uh, because if you know them, then you can manage things better. Right. You can work. You, you can create systems or processes or whatever to help yourself not get distracted, not get bogged down. Without them. Well, then we're left to I don't know what's the uh, what's the common phrase today? You're left to your feelings. Right. I don't feel that. I don't feel like doing that. That doesn't feel like it's me. Really? What's your baseline? Okay. So we have an intellect to rein in our feelings so we can produce things. We have feelings. This is going to throw a lot of people off, right? Feelings are not about being happy and avoid being sad and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, We're going to be happy when things are going our way. We're going to be sad when we lose something. We're going to be angry when we don't get what we want. That's the reality of the world, Right? But the emotions are there as an indicator of our well-being and our relationship to potential danger. The higher on the happiness scale we are, the farther away we're from things that are a a potential problem, right? The farther away from that we are, towards sadness or or toward anger or whatever, right, Um, the more we're... In problem solving mode. Right. Or not feeling like we can can get somewhere mode. Right. But way too many people are using feelings as a replacement or as a substitute for intellectual steering and guidance and and logical thinking. Right. Right. They just they're letting that right thing. We can say that they wear their emotions on their sleeve or they carry them on the sleeve or whatever. Right. Um, but the whole idea is that uh, they're using the word feel where the word think belongs. Right. And then that becomes a habit. Right. I've heard intellectuals these days use the colloquial. I feel like but they're speaking in a way that the word shouldn't have been feel. It should have been think, right? Because we wouldn't go, we wouldn't walk into a room and go, hmm, I think I'm angry, right? It just doesn't sound right. It just doesn't, right? You you don't know. You're not there with yourself, right? James has heard me say this in class. Students will say something, right? And I'll say, you know, uh, you having a bad day. I don't think so. What do you mean you don't think so? Are you there with you? Were you there with yourself all day, right? Um, what's going on? Are you, are you okay and whatever, right? But I get this when, I, when I'm directing something at them about them, and they don't know. Okay, great. So if you don't know, then it's a it's a visceral thing. It's a feeling thing, right? So and if but there is this state of of just being here. Now, in the moment. And there's no feeling attached to that. I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but, you know, somebody will look over and your, your face is kind of blank, right? And they'll go, are you okay? Are you upset? Right? I will be in a moment if you keep freaking drilling at it, right? I'm just here. I'm just, I'm just in the moment. I'm not happy, but I'm not sad. I'm not angry. I'm not just here. Okay. That's the face of just, I'm just here. Why do I have to feel something all the time? Why do I have to be thinking about something all the time? That's the first part of like Zen-type meditation, shamatha meditation, right? Stopping the crap. We've been taught from a very, very early age that we we have to be something all the time, right? What are you being? Being would be great, okay? I'm being here. How about that, okay? but they don't really mean being, they mean doing, right, so anyway, um, anybody else,
1: nothing else other than just the pies, good evenings,
0: Hays and the highs and the hoes and the whatever, I'm, I'm betting that Jimmy's on, is Jimmy on,
1: Jimmy's on, Phil, Lee, Carl, Julie, Phil,
0: Phil, Phil's our newest online uh, distance training student. So uh, I think Phil's jumped in with both feet. That's awesome. And if not, bring the other foot along. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Who else? Lee's on. Phil's on. Jimmy's on. Carl. 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 My stealthy ninja from down under. All right. Awesome. Awesome. OK, so, again, I'm not coming at this as a, in a clinical way, but uh, in our mikyo, right? Actually, in the in the exoteric stuff that that is the foundation for all this, there is a grouping. Right. Actually, the word Skanda means grouping or heap or like a pile, like a collection kind of thing. Um, and it was a very, very early way of defining a human being, right? Now, you will not find the word soul on there or any kind of translation for it, right? Uh, Atman, right? Uh, you won't find that, but it has nothing to do with the denial that one exists. What it's pointing to are things that we can recognize, work with, and use, right? So in today's world, we would say we can scientifically prove that these things exist, Okay. I'm not having a debate about these other things, uh, and I'm not having a discussion about it either, and it's not because I'm opposed to it or anything, it's just that we don't, what I'm gonna be covering, excuse me, is actually a psychological process, right? In how we, uh, uh, recognize process and react to and engage with the world, okay? And the, the more we go forward and the older we get, right? You can use the microcosm of your martial arts training. Um, or you can use the macrocosm of fill in the blank with your name, right? Me, right? And the more you go and the more you do these things, right? Um, if you understand this framework, you'll understand how we build habits and how we build habits to a, to a, um, to a degree that it becomes harder and harder to, um, to undo them, okay? Um, I think I cover this in Ninja Mind, but I definitely cover this in the first seven steps on the path of the a Buddha. A Buddha. The word Buddha just means a, one who's awake, right? Um, not woke, one who's awake, right? So, um, I go, I go into it much more deeply in that, in, in at least that program. I think it's a Ninja Mind, but I, I, God, I, I can't. I can't attest to it. Right. If you go to OnlineNinjaAcademy.com and click on the the, the programs, um, it'll take you to the information page and it'll tell you what, what's in it. Anyway. Um, so uh, th- these th- this this block of, of teachings is called the five Skandas. Skanda is spelled S-K-A-N-D-H-A Skanda. Right. Which means again. Um like if you were sweeping things uh together or if you're recycling, right? One bin would have aluminum cans, one bin would have plastic bottles, one so it's a collections of, right, like things. Okay. So uh and you can actually play this out on the uh the Congo Kai mandala, right? The way things go around. So it's actually like a double feedback loop, okay? So if you had that, if you had that um that, uh, worksheet for my guys that, that train all the time. Do I have anything here that I can write on? Should probably keep blank paper near me. You know what? No, not bad. Anyway, if you make, if you make a, take a piece of paper and just make five circles, put a circle in the middle and then put one at each of the cardinal directions, right? North, south, east and west. That, um, you, you could follow along with this if you were taking notes. Uh, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Just commit it to memory and then forget later. Um, so, uh, the skandhas are form, feeling, perception, also known as judgment, but I don't like using that word because people think that I'm picking one thing over another, right, wrong, that kind of thing, right? So form, feeling, judgment, or perception, uh, conceptualization, and consciousness, okay? Um, so... If you had things oriented, right, it really doesn't matter if you, if you know which way things are or whatever, right? Um, for my guys that are in Mikyo, um, if you know the layout of the mandala, right, where, uh, north is to the, to the right as you're looking at it, right? That's the wind realm, okay? And then water is, um, yeah, it's north, right? Water is the bottom one, uh, earth is the one to the left, fire is the one atop, and then void is the one in the uh, middle, right? Um so, yeah, so uh the one to the right, wind is on the north, right? And again, you don't need all this stuff just to know what I'm talking about, right, so the wind realm this this particular section, right, is actually connected to form, okay, but we're not talking about the whole body itself, what we're talking about what the what's being collected and what's there, right, are the five senses. Okay. The five senses. These are your gateways where the external world comes into the internal world, right? So sight, sound, smell, taste, right? So it's how we, it's how we touch the world, right? Or the world touches us. So something comes in, right? And then we have this feeling about it, right? And again, this is not a complex emotion. When I say feeling, I don't mean emotion, right? This is a base level kind of thing that's actually way down low in the, in the, in the brain, at the brain stem where the survival mechanisms are, right? So when I'm talking about feeling, I'm talking about a positive, negative, neutral kind of thing. Okay. So we're either attracted to something, we're repelled by it, or kind of neutral about it, right? We don't, not having one feeling or the other, okay? So, and again, when I say attraction, right, uh, it it doesn't mean that that we necessarily want to go toward it or grab it or whatever. We might want to stand and stare at it longer, right? Um, It might make just, it makes us feel pleasant, right? And it can lead to wanting more of it, that kind of thing, right? The negative could be everything from it causes revulsion It causes, you know, throw up. It causes uh, aversion. It causes uh, whatever, right? But some things just make you feel like you want to stay away from it. Other things attract you to it. Okay. On the enlightenment path, we need to flip those too, right? So you, you do everything from, and again, most people, there's it's just too much work, right? Which is why people tend to settle for somebody else telling them what the answers are or just settling for belief as opposed to actually doing the work to find out why, why am I attracted to that? Why am I averse to that? Why does that not cause me? whatever? Right. I mean, it's, it's know thyself. Right. So, but anyway, right. So the feeling is an attraction, aversion or whatever. Right. So let's think about a self-defense kind of thing on the form side. Right. Right. Eyes, whatever, right? This guy could be screaming at me, right? So my ears are picking up that kind of thing, right? Um, there could be this, this intention that I'm picking up. So that's tactile and visceral, right? Um, I could be seeing, right? Guys, jaw's starting to jut, temples are starting to move, he's dropping his eyes, right? Hands are coming up, shoulders are, that kind of thing, right? Okay. Now, that's going to cause what? For some people, it causes, this visceral kind of thing where I want to create space, right? For other people, it causes this feeling of needing to move in. But so at the feeling part, you decide that? No. The feeling is just a feeling, right? To move one way or the other or kind of like the earth realm, doesn't bother me. OK, it's not stubborn. Stubborn is negative water, by the way. OK, I'm not moving. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. That kind of thing. Right. It's just it's not the same. OK, so. And again, this stuff happens in the blink of an eye. Right. I'm, I'm taking all this time to describe this, but it, it, it works very, very, very quickly. Right. Um, so. It comes in through the gateway. Right. Eyes, ears, nose, whatever. Right. And then there's this feeling, right? And the feeling, again, is very, very basal, right? So long before we've decided that this smells bad or smells like a skunk or smells like shit or smells like a rose or whatever, right, that's not even in this faculty, okay? What ends up happening is things are triggered that... Oh, huh. that's well, not bad, right? And again, no words are used. I'm, I'm putting words on things that whatever, right? But there's other, other things where let's, I'm staying with the olfactory here, right? The nose. Um, things are burning, right? Or whatever. It's just kind of this, it's a heavy kind of thing, right? Um, so, but that then leads to perceptions, right? What is this? What is it, right? If we know what it is, right, now, as soon as it hits perception, what perception does, right, so that's over on this earth realm, right, the, the I have to point in opposite directions for where, you, I think, where, where you guys are, right, so we're over on the left side of your piece of paper, right, what it does, is it jumps up to that one at the top, right, typically fire realm, right, so this is conceptualization, right, do I know what it is, do I have something in my memory banks for what it is, name and form, that kind of thing, right, whether it's good or bad and how do I handle it if you have it it's a quick thing and then the message is shot to the rest of the body to do work again this is not modern western science this is a this is a quick broad stroke um, you know just understanding the process right if you don't know right if you don't have a ready answer then what ends up happening happening is consciousness has to spend a little bit more time on it right and that's why we spend more time up here in conceptualization right i need to understand what it is i need to what what do i know about things that are like it right what do i think i can do about it again martial arts self-defense or you get somebody, you, you know, used to sparring with people and everybody has their own little style with the groups that you're working with or the people that you're working with. Next thing you know, you get somebody that comes in who's done a martial arts style that you haven't seen or they're, they're a certain type of fighter. You haven't seen that before. Right. You need to work this out. Problem is you don't have time in a, so in a fight situation to work it out. So there's other exercises for honing the process so you can get better. At working things out and not fall into uh, paralysis through analysis kind of stuff, right? Because that's how you get clocked, right? Because you're trying to sort things out too so much, right? The double feedback loop is as soon as you figure it out, right, then it goes back to uh, perception, right? Okay, I perceive, I, I know what it is, right? And then, right, we carry on with that feeling, right, that do we follow the feeling Right. It's leading me in or it's pushing me away. Or do I have to do the opposite? Right. Things can make us averse to something. Right. Like picking up that phone call and calling that um, that HR manager because we put in for a a job. Haven't heard from, you know, from him in about a week or whatever. And so I want to follow up. Hey, you know, is there anything else I can get to you or whatever? Um, Where are you in the decision making process? Right. I've, I've got some other feelers out. And, you know, I want to know, you know, where you are and where I might be in the position, right? A lot of people won't do that because they're just going to sit back, right? Well, you know, if he wanted to talk to me, uh he would already call me. And really, is that the truth? Or is that what we want to tell ourselves because we're nervous about picking up the phone and talking to somebody that we see as an authority figure over us or whatever, right? Now. The funny thing is that three months after I get hired by that same company, right, I'm going to think the HR manager is a jack wagon, and I might even flip them off in the parking lot or whatever because, well, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. But anyway, let's not go there. So, um, so there's this whole process, right? Now, let's go all the way back to when we were a baby, okay, right? before you can remember processing the world, because this thing has been happening the entire time. Every moment of every day of your life. OK, so we're going to just cover two different two things here. Right. So just the accidental kind of thing coming in. Right. We're going to talk, cover accidental. And we're going to cover intentional. And most people's intentional is kind of a maybe 50 50 accidentally intentional or intentionally accidental. Right. But we're we're accidental. Right. So you're just you're just processing your world. Right. Stuff is going in and things are happening to you. Right. So part of those happening to you is people in your past have told you that certain actions, certain words, certain whatever. Right. Certain people, certain occupations, certain whatever. Right. Are good. They're bad. They're indifferent. That's not what we do. Whatever. Right. So this this. Consciousness area, right? Sometimes in science it's called the subconscious, the unconscious. In um, in uh, Mikyo, in Sanskrit, it's called the alaya vijñana. No, it's called the yeah alaya vijñana, right? Storehouse consciousness. Okay, um, so that's where all these things get get stored, right? Not just the experience that you had. And not just the feeling that you had, right? This was scary as shit. I don't ever want to do that again or whatever, right? But whether it's positive, negative, good, bad, whatever labels get attached to it, right? So that's, that's what allows us to kind of snap to decisions or get into a state very, very quickly because, well, it's already there, right? We're just, it's just easy to spit it back out, right? And the cool thing, I think it's cool because I've gone through the process, right? Wasn't so cool. I was going through a lot of the process. Um, the, the interesting thing, well, let's use that, right? The interesting thing is that because a lot of this is based on feelings and judgment, right? Because remember, I went through perception and judgment, right? How you perceived it, right? That's why, you know, parent telling you no at a certain point, right, might make you resent a parent and then decide, what if? Every time your parents told you no, you decided that when you grew up and became an adult, you were going to let your kids do whatever they wanted. And every time that happened and you had that thought, here's part of the accidental. It gets stored as one more of the same option. Right? So, am I really? Okay. Now, Just that one example, how many parents are making decisions based on an adult understanding of the world and what their child will need and how far these things can go, as opposed to making decisions for their child based on the feelings of a five-year-old or a six-year-old or a 10-year-old when they were five or six or ten, and that's the one doing the driving. Now, if that's just one thing, what about all these other things, right? Same thing, right? Um, you know, you learn a kata, right? You have this, mm, right? You're attracted to it, you know, uh, if we were using words, right? Oh, that's cool, or eh, whatever, right? Where you might start off with it being cool, and then you try to do it. And then the more you get frustrated by it, then, you know, your opinion changes. Right. That one sucks. I don't like that one. Right. But you've gone through this whole thing. Right. And you keep loading things up. Right. You get these options in. But remember, everything is in there. The way you walk, the way you carry yourself, the way you're, you know, you hold your posture. So it's not just intellectual what you learned. Right. In 1776. Not that it's not all that stuff. Right. It's everything. Tripping, falling, how your clothes fit and what, you know, what feels good, doesn't feel good. And a lot of it's just habit, right? It's not about feeling good or bad. This feels the same that I've gotten used to. This feels different and it keeps my brain on the thing. So I'm just going to change the shirt because it's distracting me. Give it a couple hours. Give it a couple of minutes. Right? Bokas regional filter it right the hell out. Right? So eventually, different color scheme, different whatever, right? So but anyway, right? So you are introduced to you see the kata, right? You have this feeling, right? Um, that's actually st- it's 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 getting passed on, right? So the <laughs> the feeling about the feeling feels <laughs> like it happened instantaneously. But really, it's already passed up and then come back, right? Because your storehouse consciousness also stores your fears, your hopes, your desires, a picture of you as you've decided you are. Okay? So, if something looks scary, if something looks mm, suspicious, it would cause hesitation, right? Like, ooh, rolling, Mm, right? That kind of thing, right? Um, it's already going to come back, right? So it's it's already been triggered, okay? So part of the process is is overcoming, not really overcoming, because you can't get rid of all those options you've loaded up with. Every time you make the same decision about the same type of situation, and you do the things the same way, It's just one more time that it gets in that storehouse consciousness, right? So it becomes a harder and harder habit to break, which reminds me, uh, one of the things that popped up during that little meme that I put on Facebook about the the lie and that you tell yourself and the wish was true, um, somebody had posted something and then they said, I just need more willpower. So next week's episode, I'm going to cover the myth, Or the problem with willpower. Okay. And I'm already hinting at it right now. Okay. You cannot will yourself hard enough for long enough to get over all these things you put in. The process is I have to make different decisions or I have to face the music, so to speak. I have to do the hard stuff. I have to do the things that feel like they're not me until consciously when i'm trying to make a decision about something i can choose between one or the other because until that happens i will always do what's in there and it'll come out and then what ends up happening is you've ever heard the the term 2020 hindsight right now we've had time to think about it and go shit mm. i i should have would have could have said, done, thought, whatever, this other thing, okay? But it's it's way down the line, right? But in the moment, especially with moments that are high in pressure, high in stress, right, the adrenals are kicking in, you're in a different state, whatever's in there the most is going to be the thing that's grabbed the quickest because it's just there. Like if you had, you know, three dozen of eggs up front in your refrigerator and the milk is farther back and you need to reach in and grab something, chances are, You're getting an egg. Right. So uh, there's this whole process, right, of handling this, this, this issue. Right. So, of course, things that we're not already good at are going to feel. Remember feelings? They're going to feel weird. They're going to feel uncomfortable because that's not what we've wired ourselves to do naturally, habitually. Right. And those words are equal in my own mind. Right. When people say, well, that's not natural for me. What they really mean is that's not habitual. Okay, I actually need to think about it. And I can't get my head wrapped around how it relates because I don't do it often enough to not have to think about it anymore. So let's go back to martial arts form. Right. I see a technique or the teacher comes over and moves my body or I'm hearing Right. um, The instructions about how to do it. Right. I have a certain feeling about that kind of stuff based on past experience. New students have way more feelings about things because they might be unsure or they might be confident. Right. They might have come from gymnastics. Whatever. Right. Depending on the skill. Judgment perception. Right. The whole first part of training is in loading up the storehouse consciousness with what? Options. Okay, but have you ever seen somebody really, really, really good at form, really good at kata, and then they spar, and the sparring doesn't look anything like the other stuff? The reason for that is they haven't gotten enough options in there. Okay, so, um, so what ends up happening is they're, Under pressure, under stress, you're going to do what you've always done. The trick is to work the process enough so that the thing you want to be doing becomes the new, not the new choice, right? Do you choose to breathe? Do you choose to walk and and put your feet in certain places when you're trying to go to the refrigerator to grab a drink, or when you're trying to lay down in bed or you don't make those choices You choose to go to bed. Right. But how you get there, because you've just you've always walked. Right. You've whatever. Right. So anyway, accidentally. Right. So through life. Right. All these things have stored up. There's all these habits. But when it comes to intentionally taking control of the process. We have to recognize that 90 percent or better of everything that we encounter in the new process process, right, the thing that we're learning, martial arts, uh, you know, the the life mastery, uh, self-awareness kind of thing, all that kind of stuff, right, is going to feel, it's going to feel at best neutral, at worst, it's going to cause aversion, it's going to cause uh, hesitation, it's going to cause confusion, it's going to f- cause you to feel like You're disoriented. Right. That's not me. But you're trying to expand your horizons. You're trying to whatever. Right. Um, Hopefully, did this help? Do any questions or comments about this before I cycle back to this. um, This visceral feeling.
1: Uh, Lee says, sounds like the reptilian brain stuff that before you can think about it moment.
0: Yeah, but the rest of the brain is tied into it as well, right? Um, the problem is that what we normally call ego, right, is, is this thing that that is controlled by all that subconscious, unconscious stuff, but it prefers to dwell in the realm of the neocortex And all those kind of higher level kind of things, right, the thing that we speak from and have logic from and all that, right, Um, because it's just, it's easier, right? It's not messy. Uh,
1: Mike Gallagher says, I'd like to be a high-level black belt, but I suck. Someone has to make the sandwiches.
0: Wow, there's a whole bunch of stuff that needs to be explored there, but only you can do it. So, um, so, well, let's. Well, well, I'm I'm not gonna directly talk about that, but then Lee said uh, something else too that was related. Um, okay. Oh, back back to Lee's original uh, statement off the off the meme that I posted. Okay. So here's a part of the process okay because the theme for this um this episode is what let's go back to this right the paradox of success and mastery yes okay the paradox right and when i talk about feelings popping up when you have to do things one of those things is known in the professional sphere carl may have experienced this or not uh, uh, you know carl's carl right we're all we do our thing, right? but i've i've uh, experienced it uh, like high level freaking multiple doctorate level professors that I've talked to experts in their realm, a lot of people deal with this thing um, that's called uh, uh, imposter syndrome, okay You know what imposter syndrome is? You're really, really good at something, right? and you you know, are conveying things, you're in a teacher role, leader role, whatever, right? But no matter how good you are, you always feel like, because you're not perfect, right? You always feel like at any moment somebody's gonna figure you out and know that you're a liar, or a fraud, whatever. Even though you're not, right? You're coming coming at things authentically. And stuff like that. Ironically, it's the narcissists that present themselves as being perfect, right, that are never worried about being found out. And th- those are the ones that are bullshitting people, right? So, go figure, right? So, but anyway, right, so there's this there's this uh, there's this feeling, right? So, um, uh, this, this whole thing started with the Lee, um, but it can also go verbal, just like Mike pointed out, right? So, If we're really trying to get to our goals, if we're really trying to improve ourselves, if we're really trying to get better, and we're not going to be lazy about it, okay? We're not going to be lazy about it. We're absolutely committed to doing this thing. And trust me, that's going to take a whole lot of guts and not even willpower. It's not willpower. It's just deciding that you're going to freaking do this thing, okay? Okay. We need to be paying attention to these visceral moments, like, uh, I think it was Lee, it might have been somebody else, that pointed out that when they expressed this lie they wished was true, and saying it out loud, or even typing it out, right, it felt weird. It felt weird, right? For those of you on the audio-only stuff, I just made air quotes, okay? So, it felt weird. Yeah. Because you've, you're not supposed to be saying it, right? Ego's in there protecting you from doing, saying, thinking, experiencing things or whatever that are uncomfortable, right? So, yeah, it felt weird, okay? Or we spend more time listening to ourselves. We listen, we turn that judgment faculty where we're always judging somebody else, for what they say, do, the choices they make, the actions they make, we turn that lens inward. Okay? And we start paying attention to what we say. Not just what we say, the way we say it. What makes me think that I suck? What makes me think that I'll never get to this thing that I really want to have? Because I truly believe that you can't possibly have a dream that you're not able to accomplish. Okay. It's impossible. Right. Now, is it going to take some work? Yeah. Okay. So as long as we don't believe that life is a drive-up window system, right? or we're upset because it isn't, right? but that's believing in baby magic. That's no different. Wanting life to be a drive-up window system is no different than believing or wanting to believe that you can make a wish, blow out candles and the world or the universe will just manifest it for you with no work on your part. Okay. It's just, it's right. Once upon a time. Okay. So, uh, so part of the process, right. So I listen, right. To what I'm saying because I want to catch myself, right? And sometimes you need a teacher that or just an impartial helper that will point out you always have a flat, monotone speaking kind of thing. Everything is slow, right? Um, There's, okay, the Chinese have a saying, the way we do anything is a good indicator is the way we do everything. So is my speech or the way I'm doing things that way an indicator as to the way I'm processing things, the way I act in general, the way I get things done in general, whatever, right? Um, If I'm calling myself names, right, a lot of people hide that shit in self-deprecating humor, right? Because if I say it about myself first, then I can make people laugh. And I can protect myself because they won't say it about me. Surely will, right? But it, it, ego convinces it that it's a that is a a protective mechanism. Okay. But what are you really doing? You're putting words out that your ears are going to pick up, and your subconscious storehouse is going to get loaded with what? I suck. I'm not worth it. I can never accomplish my goals. I'm only worthy of this level, right? Complete contradiction to the, I want that thing over there, okay? So words, we catch ourselves, speaking things a certain way, using certain words, uh, what tonality do we use, right? And I know, right? See, now you're being like, that particular, that's a lot of work. Yeah, well, you got a whole lifetime, start now, okay? Um It'll go faster than you think, because your brain will get tuned to paying attention to these things. And if you want to be a high-level black belt or a teacher, how the hell are you going to be able to help your students if you can't recognize those things? Or are you just going to be the guy that just regurgitates the same things that you heard, but you really don't have the skill set? You're just good at duplicating the model. Kata is a kata. So things make us feel weird. We can listen to our, our words. We can think about choices that we've made, right? Uh, in the 18, 18 preparatory steps in Mikyo practice, right? It's the first stage of, of training, right? One of those, uh, practices, and I've, I've mentioned this in the past, it's called words of confession. That's how it's translated, but you're not confessing. It's not, it's not like Catholic confessing, right? Um, but, um, uh, it's not about the thing that you say. It's the practice that's attached to it, right? And that practice is that and you don't need to do this whole you don't need to be in Mickeyo, you don't need to do anything like this. You can take advantage of this thing that happens to most of us normally, right? We think about a time relatively close, but it could be years ago, right? Where where I just feel guilt. I feel shame. I feel like I wasn't as powerful or as effective uh, or whatever, as I could have been, right? I wasn't living to my power, right? I was stuck in sleepwalk living, or I was, you know, being lazy, or whatever, right? Or I wasn't tuned in, and whatever it was, right? And so um, I, I had this moment, right? And so what I do is, I, and I'm, I have this 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 feeling or this thought where, If I could go back and do it again, I would, I should, I could do these other things, and that would fix it. Okay, great, right? Why? Well, one, why do you feel guilty? Two, why, um, why? Well, it could be what, why, whatever, right? Um... What would I have done? What could I have done, right? So you can speed up the process, those kind of things. But you can think about choices. You can think about, like, where did I go amiss? And that's the cool thing about, like, being in a formal system, like Mikio or, or whatever, right, where you have these frameworks that have been proven to work, okay? Like the five Skandas, I just I went around, right, if I can know that, right, what's amiss? What needs to be fixed? What, you know, Am I, am I lethargic, right? Am I disconnected, right? Might I be a freaking sociopath? Like, I don't have any feelings about things. It comes in, and then I logically, like a Vulcan or whatever, come up with an answer and just spit it back out, and there's no freaking, there's no life to anything that I do, or, you know, whatever, right? So anyway, right, I can I can think about my choices. I can watch my actions, Right? I talked about earlier in the in the episode, right? Just this mindless frickin' scrolling. Right? Why? Why? Okay. So it's really hard. Well, it's easy. It's not hard. It's easy, right? It's hypocritical to say that I want these things, but I'm doing this stuff over here that gets me nowhere close. And it's convenient to say I don't have the time to work on that. I don't have the time for class. I don't, whatever. Right. But again, see, you live in a, we we all live in a world right now where the technology that we use gives you a record right there that can cut through that bullshit. You can simply look at the, the amount of time you spent. Right. Bring up any given app in your system, whatever, YouTube, whatever. And it'll tell you how many freaking hours you were on that today, this week. You want time back? delete the app, or control yourself better so that, right, you can free up some of that time, okay? How much time were you on just freaking scrolling, right? Okay, but the whole idea here with this thing, and I'm going to go back to the, the the visceral thing where it feels weird, right, because it's just one, right? But any of these things, what we're looking for are those oddities, okay? Um. In the, the, there's this whole other system that we have where Fudomyo, one of these characters, is surrounded by flames, sword, rope. I think I described him not too long ago. Um, he actually represents the world. Again, everything's symbolic in Mikyo. He represents the world, twacking you or smacking you. You're going along and everything's just working based on your logic and your godlike determination as to how the world should be. And all of a sudden, there's a glitch in the Matrix right, and something didn't work right, or it felt weird, or it sounded weird, or something felt off, or whatever, right, that's the world snapping you awake, right, and you have an opportunity, there's that red pill, blue pill moment, you have the opportunity to either follow it and figure it out, which leads to transcendental wisdom, right, or take the other pill, go back to sleep, wake up tomorrow, tell you, tell yourself anything you want, Okay. So, but it's these moments where you get angry, you get depressed, you get um, you get that gnawing feeling, right? You get that feeling or those thoughts that you won't share with anybody else because you'd have to admit that there's a hole in your bullshit. Okay. And it's those moments for opportunity where you look into why. Where did that come from? If it was a visceral feeling, right? Where did it come from? Why do I feel weird speaking truth? Well, I don't know. I'm not you, okay? (laughs) You're going to have to figure that out, okay? Why do I always eat the same thing? Why do I always tell the same jokes? Why do I hang out with the same type of people? Why, why, why? Right. OK. Those are the things to get sorted out. Now, you're never going to sort it out if you don't have those things pop up. So when they pop up and you have that weird feeling or you caught yourself saying something that "Ooh, I embellished that one. That means stretch the truth for those of you who uh, um, are reaching for a, a dictionary at the moment or going to go Google it. Right. Um, and that's not a knock. Right. I, there's lots of words I don't know. But um I stretched the truth on that one. Or okay, nobody caught me on that lie yet. So if I keep telling you know, you know, um uh Goebbels, right? Um Hitler's propaganda minister, right? He had a really good story that people like to talk about when it comes to the news or the government pulling the wool over their eyes, but you know what? We do it to ourselves on a regular basis too. Okay? And the the line is, if you tell a lie often enough, it becomes the truth. It doesn't become the truth. People just accept it to be the truth, right? You tell yourself something about you often enough. That little picture I said was back here in your subconscious storehouse about you. It'll change. Because the only thing the subconscious ask is, is this true? And if your answer is yes or it's implied, it'll change the picture, and eventually, yep, you're dumb, yep, you're not worth it, yep, you're only worth this, yep, you're right, because ego is there to make sure that you're right, you're on the right course, right, you're making the right choices, right, ego would never have you do something that's wrong, unless you're a criminal, you know it's wrong, right, socially, but from, you know, your acting perspective, what else can I do, right? This is just, this is me, I need that thing, I ain't hurting nobody, he's insured, whatever. As long as I stay away from guys like Carl, True. it, right? So if we tell ourselves a lie long enough, often enough, it becomes truth. But it doesn't really, because we're going to feel weird when we speak the truth and it runs contrary. Right. So uh, anyway, so here's this thing for success. Right. The paradox of success. Right. Is it. We need to explore the challenges we need to explore what's getting in the way and the things that we come up with off the top of our head for what's getting in the way may or may not be true. Right. Like. I don't have enough money. Um, Well, you don't have enough money because you're not in a job that pays you what you need. Okay? But that's not the employer's fault. Okay? Everybody wants higher rates, but basic economics class that nobody paid attention in, right, would dictate two things. One, if employees are getting paid more, then we pay more for products. We paid more for products, what you were now getting paid even if you got it, right? Within 6 months, what would happen? Everybody be getting paid more, and all the prices would be up, and you'd be right back where you started, but you're making the new amount. How about if we get a different skill set that matches a job that pays the amount that we need to do what we need to do in the world? But then again, that's taking more responsibility, right? But The paradox for success is that we have to do the things that are uncomfortable because by doing things that are uncomfortable, it forces you to learn and or develop the skill sets that you need to move to the next level. Every time you're going to move to another level, again, take the martial arts paradigm, right? What do you have to do to move to each new belt level? Learn a set of skills or abilities or techniques or whatever and become proficient with that. So you move to the next level. Now that allows you to operate at that level, but you're going to stay there unless what you learn a new set of skills and you add those. Right. So, right. Here's something that, that most people don't think of. There's, there's the number of people that that tell me they want to be a martial arts instructor. Okay. That's all great. Right. I want to have a school and I'll be a martial arts instructor. Okay. Well, those two things require vastly different skill sets. I can become a black belt by learning what I need to pass the test to become a black belt. But being a black belt and being a proficient teacher, two completely different things. Now, lots of people do it because they just keep regurgitating back the same things. But Because I wanted to be a good teacher, I had to learn other skill sets that I try to pass on to my instructor candidates, right? And that's completely different than running a successful martial arts school that when I get new students, I can make the promise that it will be around when they get to the point where they're going to test for at least their first-degree black belt. So... There's a whole lot of skill sets that are, in there, that are in teacher realm and let's call it what it is, business owner realm that are not in your martial arts syllabus. They're not in your curriculum. Because no matter how well you do, come I, performing that <laughs> is not, I don't know that it's not going to enroll a student because You can always, I I tend to speak in generalities, not in rarities, right, or not in exceptions, okay? But even if you did enroll somebody, how do you keep them? Well, you have a choice. I guess you could dazzle them with brilliance or baffle them with bullshit, right? (laughs) But as soon as they see through either one of those, it's not going to work, right? Because being a teacher is all about the student and getting them where they need to go. Right. It's not about walking around because I'm a black belt. And I'm going to tell you what to do. And I'm almighty and all that kind of stuff. Right? right. So things are different. Right. So the paradox for success is in recognizing the limitations that are actually holding me back. Some if you If you were in for Dicomiosai and you went through the goma, right? It's no different, right? On the outside, what people want to look at is here's this goal, and here's the steps that I need to do to get to the goal. okay? Oh, and if I attach a deadline to it right that'll that'll make the difference, right? But what about the internal stuff? right? So or or not just the internal stuff, the the limitations, right? Because limitations come in two forms. there's external limitations that the world will throw at me and it could be anything from the people that I surround myself with that won't let me or I allow to suck out my time and, and to distract me and whatever, right? Um, or it could be well, how long were people shut down for COVID? And they couldn't work on certain things or do certain things or do it the same way. right? Okay? Now that begets the internal things, right? People tell, tend to look at those. What is it about me or what is it about my habit patterns that creates anchors? Right? The number of people that dropped out of out of uh, our dojo during the COVID shutdown, even though we went to virtual, right? These people didn't even have to get off their ass or leave their home to come to class. Okay? So what are the things... Because even if I took care of all the external things, right, I'm still left with the things that, okay, and how do these things manifest? All you have to do is start working on those rungs to get to your goal, right? Now, if you shoot yourself in the foot before you even take the first step, well, okay, then you need to start there. But as you start going up those rungs, there's going to be certain rungs. There's going to be certain things you have to do or learn or manifest to get to the final goal. And when it feels weird, or you start talking about how stupid that is, or maybe I don't really need this, I'll just jump to the next thing, or we start excuse making, or blame game, or whatever, right? Everything changes, okay? So if we're really looking for success and mastery, we need to understand that, we ourselves could be an accomplice to our own asking. Okay, so asking why. Right? Asking the tough questions. Exploring those areas. Because ultimately the truth is, is that we are in any given moment the end product of all thoughts, words, deeds, lessons, right? That we saw some stranger do, or we learned in a textbook, or we you know, parent taught us, whatever, right? And then we reinforce those things. We reinforce the things we liked, we drop the things that we didn't, and here's where we are. So, if we keep doing the same things and keep being led by the same influencers, tomorrow and all of our future tomorrows, it's going to be the same thing, Right? We need to start finding, instead of finding the money or finding the time or finding all these other things that we think are the obvious reasons, perhaps we need to be finding what I'm doing to not have time. Why I'm choosing certain things that I know are not valuable, right, and they're not moving me anywhere. But, and I'm choosing that over the thing I need to, I know I need to do, right? Why, why am I afraid of certain things? Why do I think I'm shit? Why, why? Okay. That's it. That's all I got. I'm going to leave it right there. So, um, some of my guys that are in the platinum program, they hear this kind of stuff first week of every month. Right. Not always to this extent. Sometimes it's just history or whatever we talk about. But um, but anyway, uh, and if you if you get the Ninja Mind program or the first seven steps uh, programs, they actually include dialogue back and forth with students as we were trying to work through some of these things uh, along the way as well. So, um, you know, you're not alone. Right. You're walking the same path that everybody else has had to walk. Part of the problem is that people tend to think that everybody else can do it but them. Right? Well, this wouldn't work for me because. Well, let's start with this wouldn't work for you because you believe that it won't work for you. Now, until you sort out why you believe that bullshit, it's not going to work for you. And neither will anything else. All right. Questions, comments, James. I was going to put James to sleep there. Yeah. Just lower my voice to a monotone and I will just speak this way. <laughs> 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 Which is why I really like the like the original um, uh, iteration of Kuden. When I had uh, Eric, no, this is not about you, James. This is just um, when we first put things together, like everybody that had something like this, right? They sounded like a freaking talking head. You know, we're, what we're going to study today is, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Which is why those earlier, everything below what, episode 68 maybe, something like that, right? Um, all sounded like a freaking morning drive time um, radio talk show. Right, because they're designed to wake you up. Right, you're driving to work or you're driving home, and if you're tuned into those stations, no matter how stupid or silly or whatever uh, the stuff is going on, or how mindless it is or whatever, it's it's to energize you, it's to wake you up, right? Because, and can you imagine? We're gonna talk about the news when the weather is. <laughs> mm-hmm. How many people drive off the road, right? <laughs> so, so anyway. <laughs> uh shit but anyway that was that was a cool part about that. Now I just have to laugh at things by myself right and hopefully hopefully you're laughing along, and if not, well, that's all right I'll laugh. I'll, I'll be here doing my thing anyway. what do we got questions, comments, complaints uh
1: Carl said neuroscience is finally catching up to what the master's knew eons ago
0: mm. Shoshi Whistler, and I just um were joking about that the other day um. And we've been doing it for years, but it's funny. We'll, we'll see something in the paper or whatever that scientists have discovered that. And we'll just look at each other and go rediscovered, discovered for themselves. Cause, you know, as long as they're just looking over here and won't look at that dumbass primitive, you know, uh, stuff over there, then yeah, okay. Good, you know. But absolutely, I agree. What else?
1: Uh, Lee asks, so each time we think about, quote, this thing, and make that same judgment, we reinforce that same decision that was made as a child whenever the first thought was formed? Not
0: just child. Whatever age, whatever age you started to establish a habit pattern and doing things a given way, every time you do it, it's not that it's wrong, but every time you do it, you put one more iteration of that thing in storehouse consciousness. So, again, think about heaps, right? Remember, these things are collections, okay? So, I don't have anything here. I, I, I should, maybe I should script this stuff out. No, that wouldn't be fun. Wouldn't be fun for me anyway, right? So, let's say we have um, little marbles or whatever, okay? We have this little bowl, okay? So, a given choice is maybe like a blue marble, right? I put that in the bowl. Right. If the next time that kind of situation pops up. Right. And I do it differently. Right. Maybe that's a red marble. Put that in there. Right. Now, if I get this good mixture and a, and a like situation pops up and I've got assessment qualities, which is what the enlightened mind is like. Right. I assess the situation for what it is and I determine what's necessary. It's like a mechanic. Right. I can go into my toolbox and grab the tool I need. Okay? Or as a martial artist, I can right zip this thing on because I know what to do to a given body part from this position with my limbs in a given position and what's what's there right. So if I look at this bowl, then during that time, I've got all these different colored marbles, which represent different options for handling things. Let's pull the one out I need, go to town. Okay, that's the that's the goal right. But what ends up happening is. If I'm always doing things the same way, what do I have? Of a bowl full of blue marbles. So what's the chances that when a situation pops up, that I do something different than what the blue marble means? Do you understand? Okay. It's like a computer that has a subroutine that can you imagine buying a calculator? It's got all these numbers, but no matter what you type in, plus, minus, whatever, right? You always get the answer 27. That's what a one style, one approach, locked in habits, whatever, that's what's happening, right? What are some of the cliches, right? right? If all you have is a hammer, then every problem is a nail. So it's it's the same thing, right? So if we want to become more adept at solving problems, which is what mastery is, which is what success is, right? Success is an ultimate happiness, which is again something else I think people um, people uh, buy into, right? Success is whatever you define it as, but people that are successful or that you see as successful still have problems that keep them up at night, right? Still have things that they're trying to handle. Still are in search of certain solutions, are still working on certain, certain skill sets, still have the would have, should have, could have kind of thing going on, right? I'm going to die with those, right? Okay? Not the same ones, right? Okay? But what they do have that most people don't is, one, they recognize that whatever anybody terms is success or happiness or whatever is that those things don't endure, right? Life is messy. Shit will always pop up, right? And two, if I embrace, (laughs) I have one mentor that says, if you embrace the suck, right? If you embrace the process and recognize that this is always going to be going on, then that just becomes a matter of, of that becomes your new habit, right? So I, you know, this sucks. I don't have the skills for that, but it's in my nature to go get that skill to find somebody who can fill in that gap to, that I can learn from, or, uh, you know, where do I find that skill? Where do I find the answer? Whatever, right? I mean, Ninja were information gatherers, right? It's not that you need to know the answer to everything. It's that you need to know where to look for the answer and be willing to look for the answer and either develop the skills for yourself or have a big enough network that you can, I call up my friend, right? Hey, dude, you're really good at this, right? Um, can you help me out? I might have to pay him. I might get the friends and family discount. I might not. He might have to, you know, he might not want anything, right? I might be able to say, uh, you know, is it worth a seminar or two to you? that kind of thing, right? And next thing you know. Okay? So I don't need to know it. Part of the skill sets, I mean, uh what's his name? Um Thomas Edison. He had what? 6 months of formal education. Okay? Thomas Edison did not invent most things. Okay? Thomas Edison got other people, paid them those people to do it. Yeah, well, he stole their knowledge. No, these people wanted to be in business as inventors. They would have been in business for invent as inventors. They just they were happy tinkering away in a a lab. And remember, this is a two way street. I'm offering you this much pay for this kind of stuff. Yes, no. If you say no, I'll sit the next guy down in the chair, make the same offer. Okay. If you say yes, now we have an agreement. Nobody's ripping anybody else off. Okay. Nobody held a gun to your head and said, you will do this or I will kill you, which is kind of counterproductive, isn't it? Okay. Let me just shoot the smart guy in the room. Okay. Thomas Edison had street smarts and he had, he had, um, kind of a right brain ability. It was an EQ, right? Emotional quotient as opposed to IQ, right? His superpower wasn't in inventing shit. It wasn't in understanding science and all that. His superpower was to get smart guys who are in constant contention and competition with other smart guys to work together to produce the shit that he envisioned. That was his superpower. Now, if you don't if you've ever worked in a leadership position and you don't think that that's like probably the hardest job in the business to keep all those people working together get. And, <laughs> then, I, I, I don't know what to say, you lucked out. Right? It's kind of like parents that didn't have to parent very much. My child is perfect. I, I can let him go and he's just, he will do all these things. <laughs> Man, did you get lucky? Holy crap. Right? <laughs> so, um, anyway, so what else we got?
1: Uh, Phil said, I was one that wasted so much time scrolling on my phone. But after watching a QDn about tracking time and time management, it really brought to light how much time I had been wasting.
0: I'm sorry I ruined you. <laughs> I could trade you out. You could trade out with some of the other mentors and instructors that I've had. Of course, you know, I could sound like an old guy, too. I didn't have a phone to scroll through because those things are relatively new. In my lifespan. But that doesn't mean that I didn't have TV. To watch. It didn't mean that I didn't have. What? Sitting on a porch. Sipping at Kool-Aid or whatever. Watching the world go by. Doesn't mean that I didn't have magazines to read. or. or there's always. There's always. Some distractions. Always. All right? Which is why we've done episodes on what? Um, you have to have a vision that's more important to do than to not, right? And one of the biggest problems that we have in our, in our world today is as much as people want to talk about poor and all that, right, there's already been countless studies, right? Show me something today that, and I get, there's homelessness and all that kind of, I get it, right? But people that position themselves in the poor class, right, And the ones that complain about, you know, not making enough and all that kind of stuff, right? In the 70s, 70% of the poor did not have a phone, did not have air conditioners. A good percentage of them didn't even have a refrigerator. So the fact that you have all these things and the fact that you're listening to me on whatever device you're listening to me on, puts you in at the minimum top 10% of earners on the planet. Because there's lots of other countries that people would look at you and go, I don't know what you're talking about with this poor thing. I'll trade you. And yet they stand a better chance of success than a lot of other people when they come here because all they see is opportunity. They're not focused on oppression. They're not focused on all these other things that comfort creates. You have to really want the things that you want to get past. You know, that'd be really nice. But, you know, in all honesty, I'm, I'm really kind of comfortable. I don't really need it. It'd just be nice to have. Yeah? What if you needed it? What if you were Carl? Maybe not now, but a f- you know, years ago, just like me, right? In, in law enforcement or military, or you were trying to drag you and your family out of a shithole uh, area where it was great when you moved in, and then crap encroached on it, and now you got crime and all that kind of stuff, right? But you need to come up with money. You need to come up with means. You need to come up with a, right? What What if you had that kind of drive? Now it's not a want. It's, I don't have a choice. But see, every day, I don't see that I have a choice. Every day moving forward. And I even create some of these things for myself. Do you know how easy it would be for me? The early iteration, we talked about the early iteration of, um, of Kuden. Um, all that was pre-recorded. It wasn't live. It was easier. But it also was inconsistent. And what took me a year and a half to figure out, wasn't really figuring it out, was deciding whether I wanted to commit to an ongoing, scheduled, weekly thing. And as soon as I did that, now I have no choice. I mean, ultimately, I have a choice. But if I don't stay consistent, everybody that's watching will find a replacement either for the time or for the instructor. And I would have to hope that you find somebody that's going to give you what you need and not just show off or uh, keep regurgitating the same shit that everybody else is doing or whatever. Right. And again, I get it. I'm not everybody's cup of tea and that's, that's the way it should be. Right. Right. I mean, lots of people have already found other people. they were on for an episode or not. They were you know we were up to a bunch earlier right that talks too much. this takes too much time. I got scrolling to do or whatever okay before the the point of this episode is before we start blaming other things for us not being where we are right we need to we need to take a good hard look at what we do to impede ourselves. I do it. There's lots of things that I do to impede myself. I think I have the momentum that I have because all these other things, counterbalancing them, right? So it's no easier. It's kind of like HIIT training for exercising. Right? Every workout sucks as bad as the first one, even though you're improving, because you're always trying to do the most you can do in that amount of time. So it's the same amount of suck, but you've changed a lot. What sucks is different, maybe, but it's still the same level of suck. We need to get past the baby magic stage. I want this to be quick and easy. I need to get past the it's everybody and everything outside of me's re- fault that I'm not. That's probably part of it. Right? We need to get past the um, I'm not worth it part. We need to get past whatever it is that's getting in the way. Right? Embrace the suck. Right? We're all, I mean, if you're seriously training, James, has there been a class yet that you know whatever the technique is that you're learning, you move to another technique, you know, your skill set goes up, and all that, right? Um, have you attained the level yet where uh, a stow or any other strike doesn't hurt when it hits you, <laughs> or it doesn't hurt to yeah. the same extent, or whatever, right? No, but you've learned to ride things off. You've learned to break fall. You've learned to roll out. You've learned to counter all Why? Well, because you had to, because you didn't want to get hit, right? Or because you got hit, but you needed to ride it off because, you know, if I get hit and then, I mean, what are your choices, right? I get hit. I stay in training. I get hit, but I don't learn to roll thing, ride things off and reset to a neutral position, right, to ride that kind of thing off. And have another chance at surviving, right? Uh, So I either stump my growth that way, right? I don't want to learn how to roll. I will never roll. Well, then, in situations like that, you're going to die. We can nurse made you. You don't have to. I understand. It's not comfortable. It's scary. I get it. Doesn't mean that you might not have to, right? Or what's your other choice? Quit. Don't do this ever again. Huh? That's not for me. Well, what makes it not for you? Say there's no one of those phrases. Well, that's not really for me. Why? Who are you? What is that that you're talking about? Right? And other than yourself, who determined that, I mean, genetics are one thing. Knowledge, skill sets, options, right? Perspective, right? Remember the Noble Eightfold Path? Right view, right perspective. Okay? That means seeing things clearly. The word right, appropriate, that kind of thing. Seeing truth, seeing the things as they are. Okay? We all have views and perspective. What I'm talking about today is what's yours about you. Okay? Anyway, alright, what else do we have? Anything else? Uh, Lee
1: asked if, if Phil remembers which QDN episode that was. So oh, you, Phil, if you're still listening. We, we
0: need to get a master list of email addresses so students can contact each other.
1: And where's that? Lee That's said, great. I wonder who at the GOMA assigned each white bean an actual step in the process or one each for the other items as well. I didn't, but I I saw the potential.
0: Yeah, and it was, again, it's symbolic, right? And the other thing, too, is that there's there's beans in there that you weren't going to have something for because we have to account for that which we don't know about now, but we will bump into. It's kind of like with my house fire, right? The adjuster came in and did this initial adjustment based on the fire, smoke, and water damage, but... There's this open-ended line that recognizes that once the contractor gets in there and tears out the wall that needs to be redone, they may find something that couldn't be seen initially. This has to be a part of the success process as well. right? But when these kind of things pop up, at least half the people fold. Well, that's not going to happen. I mean, shit, there's not one thing, it's another. Yeah, welcome to life. What are you going to do about it? Other than sit down on the curb and cry your freaking eyes out. Not you guys, because you're all enlightened. Yes, we're warriors. Something always happens. Right? Like I tell the kids in class when they're having a problem with a technique or coordination or rolling or whatever, right? I'll go, see, it's harder to do it yourself than it is to get that guy on the computer screen to do it, isn't it? And all the kids agree. Yep. It's easier to fantasize about it than to actually do it. But if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. And we would be trying to do something else, Because it's in our nature to not be normal. Because normal sucks. There's just something about our makeup. And I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it's genetic. I I don't know. But I don't know about you. Okay. But my words for it, and I read a book once by Robert Heinlein that was just phenomenal, but it was the title that reached out because I could see myself in that title. And it was called Stranger in a Strange Land. I always feel like a freaking stranger in a strange land. Okay. But not so much that I'm just passing through. That's like people in the city that, you know, earplugs in or earphones in on their phones or whatever, head down and just moving forward so I don't have to connect with this overwhelm of sea, in the sea of people, right? I mean, I'm in the world, and I'm operating in the world, I'm doing good in the world, but man, I don't know how the hell I got here from there. Well, I do. It's a lot of fucking hard work. <laughs> but I, I don't know about you, but I'm constantly feeling like a stranger in a strange land. There's always been this drive from childhood. There's gotta be something better. Right? It can't be the way everybody's just going through the motions. Right? And I'm gonna die with those feelings, but even if everybody else was doing the same thing, there's still that drive that, okay, I'd be able to do all this stuff too, but my, my focus is always on what's next. And I think that knowing myself, it's in the challenge. It's in the challenge. Okay? Where most people are running away from the burning building. I can't speak for everybody, but I'm betting that most of us are wired to run in. Where most people, you know, fold and... You know, just kind of toe the line and do, to figure things out, right? To right wrongs, to, you know, a lot of us have this moral sense that good should triumph over evil. Now, the reality is it doesn't always happen that way. But bad shit being done by bad people needs people like us to stand up and hold the line. Some of us are just willing to do that. But that requires skills. It requires knowledge. It requires more than just frickin' fantasy. Because that's not stopping shit. Anyway, last call. Questions, comments?
1: Lee uh, put, like, the. The ladder as we climb it. Sometimes we have to add rungs while we climb along.
0: Yeah, moving along, you find out you. you shit, I didn't know that I needed to know that. Right, plug a wrong in. Okay, where do I get that knowledge? Who do I need to see? How long is that going to take? Whatever. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. What do you know? What do you know that you don't know? That's easy. That's plugging a rung in the ladder. What do you not know that you don't know? What don't you know that you don't know? I've done that in past episodes. Circle, pie piece, realm of the known, realm of the unknown. Mastery and success is in the realm of the unknown unknown. I never knew, I never dreamed in a million years that I would, not only would I learn all the skill sets that I've learned, both in the physical combat side of the art, but also, like, the other sides and all these things that I would have to learn to be a good instructor or to have a successful school or whatever. Never dreamed in a million years that all these things were there, but they got uncovered along the way. Okay? And it can be overwhelming unless we just get used to the idea That There's always going to be the next thing. But becomes it becomes overwhelming when you think that there's a finite, there's a a finish line. There's a place that I I got it all handled. The irony is that you'll have it all handled just starting with the, the amount of tools that you've accumulated and being willing to do whatever's necessary to get it handled, whether you do it or you pass it off to somebody else. I don't mean passing the buck. Anyway, let me um, while we're wrap, we got to wrap this thing up here because we're at the just about the two hour mark, and I, that's my my cutoff for things. Um, so uh, three things we just went on the schedule today. Actually, there's a bunch of things. So if you're at the dojo, the 2023 calendar is up. So street clothes days, buddy days, all that kind of stuff is up. Um, summer camp for the kids, all that kind of stuff, right? So uh, spring camp. I think I already mentioned this. Uh, that's already listed on the events page at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com forward slash events. If you're looking for Ninja Mind for Seven Steps or whatever, just go to OnlineNinjaAcademy.com. All those things are listed on the main page or should be. Um, and then, let's see, spring camp is May 5th, 6th, and 7th, obviously, of 2023. And uh, fall camp. Bring that up here, sorry. Uh, that's the end of September. I don't want to speak here. September 29th, 30th, and October 1st, the 2023. And our Japan trip is on the schedule. Okay? Doing so two weeks uh, in September. From the 4th, we depart on the 4th, we return on the 18th. Okay? So if you can't do uh, both weeks, then do one week. Okay. Um, but training with master teachers and some of them, I, I still see them in my head as master teachers, even though they're so okay of these different lineages. Um, but we're also going to historically significant places, temples, castle, uh, all kinds of stuff, right? So, um, it's a full immersion, uh, trip as soon as I get all the, uh, finances figured out and all that kind of stuff because obviously prices have changed and, and whatnot. Got to do the, the yen exchange and, and those kind of things. Details will be trickled out. Those who sign up to go, um, we will be doing uh, in a couple of months beginning, we will do uh, prep classes where I will cover everything from some basic Japanese to uh, how the train system works, uh, all that kind of stuff. Right. So, uh, we're going to be covering etiquette and those kind of things so that we don't come across as your typical, uh, Western tourist, uh, whatever. Right. So it'll be a cool thing. Right. So people should have plenty of, uh, plenty of heads up. Right. And if nothing else, just do what I do. Okay? That way, if you're wrong, I'm wrong too, but I'm not going to be wrong a lot because I'm, <laughs> I've been back and forth uh, a lot. Okay. Um, I think that's it. So we'll trickle out details, uh, as I get all these things together, but see, I just created another situation where I have no choice. Okay. Um, cause once the ball gets rolling, then don't go to Japan, but the no choice is now for me because I set myself up as a group leader. I have established dates and all that. So guess what? I have to come up with the money too. I have to make sure the time is free too. I just put myself in that situation. And this was not on my Goma. The Goma stuff was all dojo related. So I got to make sure that stuff's handled so I can also go. Right? And the more people that sign up, I can't not go because they're counting on me to make the trip as easily, easy and smooth and seamless as possible. Because otherwise, culture shock can set in really quickly. Like, oh, I don't know, getting off the damn plane at Narita Airport starting there. Alright. So that's what I have. Anything else, James? No, sir. No. All right. That's it. I will talk to everybody again next week. Remember next week, I'll talk about the myth of willpower. All right. See you next time on Kuden. Get more of Kuden radio, subscribe through your favorite podcasting site, or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.